when I talk to people who are feeling unhappy at work, they often have this stuckness, you know, how do I move out of this place? Well, these people seem to have kind of inherent sense of control in their situation. So it's not that they didn't encounter challenges and they didn't encounter challenges to their enjoyment, but they always felt that there was something that they could do about it. When was the last time you had fun at work? Perhaps you think that work is the last place where you should be having fun. Or perhaps you used to have more fun at work and for whatever reason, the joy has been sapped out of your working week. Fun is not a word you'd normally associate with high-stress, high-stakes jobs. But this week on the podcast, Dr. Catherine Owler joins us to answer the questions, what is fun anyway? Why does it matter at work? And crucially, how can we get a bit more of it? Catherine has done some fascinating research into fun at work and has found that it's not about where you work, but how you work. And there are some key characteristics and traits that people seem to have, which determine if they have fun and enjoy their work, whatever job they're in. We discuss these surprising findings and think about how we can inject our work with a bit more fun and enjoy it more. So listen to this episode if you want to find out the one mindset that people who seem to have fun at work all share. Why finding happiness and joy in your work may be a key predictor of your success and some quick changes you can make to inject some joy into your working days. Welcome to You Are Not A Frog, the podcast for doctors and other busy professionals who want to beat burnout and work happier. I'm Dr. Rachel Morris. I'm a GP, now working as a coach, speaker and specialist in teaching resilience. Even before the coronavirus crisis, we were facing unprecedented levels of burnout. We have been described as frogs in a pan of slowly boiling water. We hardly noticed the extra long days becoming the norm and have got used to feeling stressed and exhausted. Let's face it, frogs generally only have two options. Stay in the pan and be boiled alive or jump out of the pan and leave. But you are not a frog and that's where this podcast comes in. It is possible to craft your work and life so that you can thrive even in difficult circumstances. And if you're happier at work, you'll simply do a better job. In this podcast, I'll be inviting you inside the minds of friends, colleagues and experts, all who have an interesting take on this, so that together we can take back control and love what we do again. Are you constantly stressed and thinking about work? Does your laptop come with you on holiday? Your to-do list have permanent residence in your brain and your worry about how to handle the latest crisis wake you up in the small hours. Then it's time to get your life back and that's exactly what our brand new online course will help you do. It's a 60-minute reset for healthcare professionals to shift your mindset so you can set boundaries and limits around your work without the endless guilt that you've not done enough. It's just £27 and you can get instant access now when you go to shapestoolkit.com slash get your life back. So it's great to have with me on the podcast today, Dr. Catherine Owler. Now, Catherine's a researcher and a happiness at work coach. So welcome, Catherine. Oh, thank you, Rachel. It's wonderful to be here with you. And I just find this amazing because I'm in the cold, cold UK and you're in New Zealand. 
I am, and we've had the most beautiful spring day. So apologies there. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? It's seven o'clock in the morning where I am. Actually, it's gorgeous. I'm actually looking out at the sun rising over the park. And yeah, it's nice and crisp. I mean, it'll probably get really disgusting <laughs> and cold and rainy and stuff later on, but it's nice at the moment. Anyway, we've got Catherine on the podcast today to talk about fun in the workplace, which is an interesting one, isn't it? When I think then a lot of people would probably say, I'm having anything but fun right right now. But Catherine, first of all, before we get into the nitty gritty of what fun is, why you're interested in it and what your research found, why did you start looking into fun in the first place? What sort of led, led you to that point in your life? Right. Well, it goes way back really uh, to being a teenager, I think I've always had the sense I wanted to have a lot of fun at work. And but I was also a bit of a girly spot. And so I was, you know, I studied hard at school and then at university. And because I felt like people were saying, you know, that's going to pay off, you know, study hard. And I had the sense that when I had done all that, it was, you know, I was going to get this amazing job. And um, I kind of just picked that up from the ether in a way, what people were saying to me. And then when I finally uh, did, I, I, I did a, several degrees. And when I finally sort of entered the full-time workforce, you know, expecting it to kind of all fall into place, I, I, I must say I was a little bit disillusioned because <laughs> um, it wasn't quite as I expected. I still had to sort of, I had to prove myself. I had to work out what direction I wanted to go in and it wasn't all fun I don't know if listeners have had that experience you know studying hard and not working out quite as they had planned but you're right right back then as a as a teenager really focused on wanting to have fun I think it's interesting isn't it that yeah we study for years and years and years and years to do what we think is our our dream job and we think we're going to be so happy and fulfilled when we're doing it and then we get to it and and we do enjoy it but then it can just turn into such a daily grind and you think oh is this it? is this what I studied all those years for is this is this really what I, what I want to do do you, do you think everyone has that experience do you think that just sort of goes with the territory of a job you know you get used to it, it becomes just run of the mill and so you're not quite enjoying it so much yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I had fairly high expectations, but then perhaps a lot of people do. But I, I think that, yeah, perhaps that there is always a point that people get to, even if they're really, really enjoying their job, there is a point that we get to when uh, things perhaps aren't going, yeah, how we, how we imagine they might be. And at that point, it can be really difficult because we don't necessarily know what to do, particularly if things have been going pretty well. And we were like, oh, we suddenly feel quite stuck. And that's, that's an experience I encounter a lot with people who are at that point of feeling really unhappy. They're like stuck. What do I do now? Mm. So they're not necessarily, you know, finding that their job too difficult or they don't think they're bad at it or they don't think that they, they're in the wrong job, but they're just a bit, a bit bored and a bit stuck, do you think? It can be lots of things. It can be that, yep, it's I kind of know my job now. I'm feeling a bit bored. I do like it, but yeah, I want a little bit more stimulation. And I I have been in that situation. But it can be other things, and I think things get in the way. I think people generally, when they've particularly when they've studied and that they've they've 
striven to pursue a particular profession generally they're quite passionate about it but things kind of get in the way and it can be a lot of it can be workload it can be relationships with colleagues it can be just finding what should make my focus be here what should I you know there's a range of things that get in our way uh, different for different people but eventually it happens yeah so you then started looking into fun in the workplace why did you choose looking to look at fun as opposed to sort of passion or purpose or skills or strengths or anything like that yeah I just always really like the idea of having fun it's been maybe it's a family trait but I think that I I just figure that we're at work a lot of the time and it should be enjoyable and fun became a focus I think because I was really interested in finding out kind of those extreme ends so you know what makes us really really like our job as opposed to perhaps really really disliking our job and so this interest in fun emerged initially it actually emerged looking at what workplaces can do to help their employees enjoy them enjoy their work more and there's quite a body of research around that uh, promoting fun in the workplace playful fun like you know the kind of fun we think about when we think of fun games play um, that sort of thing and how that can help employees and I I have been involved in that kind of research but I became really interested in what individuals can do to have fun because some of the people that I was researching just seemed to be those kind of people that you know they had fun at any job and I wanted to talk to them and always wanted to do a piece of research on those people and so several years ago I had that chance uh, to because I wanted to find out their secrets, you know, for myself as much as anything. You know, what were their secrets? How did they have so much fun? I know I've just sort of asked why you looked at fun as opposed to strengths, but I guess in my head I'm thinking fun sounds a bit icky because, you know, no one ever says, I go to work to have fun. I mean, we talk about happiness at work and I guess we all know that, or I guess we should know that the definitely evidence is emerging that if you're happy at work, you'll be successful. And there's, like I said, you're a happiness at work coach. And I think maybe we think that being happy is, is quite a worthy thing. So you can, happiness being contentment and satisfaction and all those things. But then you're talking about fun and like, as a doctor, can I say that I want to have fun at work? Is is that even allowed? Yeah, well, I think there's something about me that's just, I'm pretty conventional, but there's this little part of me that likes to just gently uh, test the, the, the square that we're in. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that can lead us somewhere kind of interesting. One of the things about fun is that it can be, it's gently subversive, you know? It's just gently testing, yeah, as I say, the square we're in or how, how we might normally operate or even how we might see work. As you say, isn't work meant to be something, you know, kind of serious? Yeah, maybe we can enjoy it, but in a noble sort of way. Well, I was kind of always been interested in testing those kind of assumptions and playing with them really and and just seeing you know where they can take us and what is it about fun is there any evidence that having fun at work makes you enjoy it more or makes you a better better at your job or anything like that well I think there's a lot of the the research that I had mentioned earlier there's quite a body of research now about 
workplaces who provide opportunities for fun and and how that does promote it can promote you know positive um, outcomes for that workplace for that business but interestingly too there are some some drawbacks because in that context people can become a little bit resentful because if you're having someone tell you to have fun and how to have fun you know we might not like that so much because the whole thing about fun is that it's kind of you know it is a bit spontaneous yeah and so yeah so in that regard I became really interested in well what we might do as individuals to to have fun that makes a lot of sense because I think yeah the thought that your workplace is going to prescribe fun for you just makes you think oh gosh that's just going to be awful we're going to be it's going to be cringy it's going to be like yeah prescribed fun Ah, but you're right there there are things that you can do for yourself and I think you know I've been listening to some TED Talks recently about the importance of finding flow in your life and having fun seems to be one of the ways that you can get into flow and find a bit of purpose and meaning as well. So it's, it's deeper, isn't it? Than just, than just how it sounds, you know, frothy fun on the surface. Yeah. I think that's the thing I've always felt it to be deeper. And yes, we think about fun as being quite a superficial uh, phenomenon, perhaps not essential to who we are, but I've actually always felt it to be very connected to who we are as individuals. Because I think when we're having fun, it's like we're enjoying ourselves. You know, that phrase, enjoying yourself. Well, we're actually enjoying ourselves. I think there actually is a connection, quite deep connection to ourselves when we're having fun. And and so I've always had that sense. And so I've always been really interested in how I might connect to who I am in the workplace and how others might do that as well. Yeah, to, to experience that enjoyment of who they are. You know, you, you just think back to times when I had a bit of a laugh at work and, you know, someone comes and tells a funny anecdote or you watch a silly video or something silly goes on on the WhatsApp group. You know, it does make things, oh, it just feels so much better as well. So as well as, you know, obviously we're looking for stuff that's going to improve our performance, help us be better doctors or whatever. But actually, we, if you're just enjoying yourself in your day, oh, things you can cope with, a, you can cope with a lot more, can't you? So, you can cope with a lot more, yeah. <laughs> and that's what we, we need we need right now, I guess, is the ability to feel that we're not gonna gonna drown under the weight of 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 what's going on. So Catherine, I'm really interested. What did you find about these individuals, these marvelous individuals that found themselves having work? Because I remember when we chatted earlier, an interesting finding was it just it wasn't particularly job specific that individuals that could have fun at work took that into whatever workplace they were in is that is that right yeah so those were the people I was really interested in talking to Mm -hmm. because I thought that's just amazing because we often think about well you know that maybe we might have fun and really enjoy a, a specific kind of role but yeah these people over time so they range from people in their 30s to people in their late 60s so they had a wealth of job experience and yeah they were able on the whole um they saw themselves as kind of unique, really. They, they understood they were unique because they understood that their friends, their family um, members, colleagues, didn't necess- couldn't necessarily say that they'd always had fun at work. Right. So they were thinking, well, I'm having fun and what, what is going on? Did these individuals always manage to have fun 
even if the job got really, really hard? Or did the fun go at some point? Yeah, I think there were times people had left jobs or moved on. But I think what was really distinct about these people uh, was, and and this was distinct, um, they saw themselves uh, as distinct, well, actually, take a step back. They, when I started to talk to them and ask them their secrets, I guess, you know, how do you always have fun? It was really interesting because they knew they always had fun, but they didn't quite know how they achieved it. And so I thought, oh, okay, it's not going to be as, you know, what are their secrets? But when I talked further and listened further, it did become clear to me that they did things but I guess it had become habitual for them or that sort of, you know, natural ways of responding that they were used to. And they, they, they had become sort of, maybe they were never conscious of it or they had become unconscious of it. So they, you're asking them, what do you do to have fun at work? They're like, we don't know. But because it had been so ingrained, ingrained in them. Was it very obvious to you that what they were doing was very different from other people? Well... Once they started talking, what I realized that what was perhaps, there were a few things that were unique about them and and as a group. The first thing was they all saw having fun as a priority. So it was important. Enjoying their work was a real priority for them. You know, someone said, you know, next to my family, it's my top priority. You know, those sorts of things. So for them, it was it was a goal, but it was not a. For most of us, we'd be thinking having fun in every job was a kind of impossible goal. You know, it's a it's a yeah kind of a fantasy goal. But for them, they saw it as realistic, something they could achieve. And the other thing, and so they they kind of aspired in their actions, they aspired to that without perhaps even knowing what they did and the other thing that I noticed about them that we discovered was that they you know I said earlier that when I talk to people who are feeling unhappy at work they often have this stuckness you know how do I move out of this place well these people seem to have kind of inherent sense of control in their situation so it's not that they didn't encounter challenges and they didn't encounter challenges to their enjoyment but they always felt that there was something that they could do about it and Mm. yeah it was really interesting yeah oh we're we're back to that that control thing and this is what I talk about (laughs) all the time on on podcasts and training that that zone of power, the fact that, you know, I always say that, you know, life is like a big blank sheet of paper and then the stuff that you can control in life is a, a small circle in the middle. And we think, I think as professionals, we spend a lot of our lives outside that circle getting really riled and hacked off about all those things that are just completely outside of our control. And there's almost no point being there because there's nothing you can do about it apart from getting very stressed. And absolutely, if you focus on what is in that circle and in your control, you're much, you're much more productive, powerful, and then happier. And it's interesting that you say that they are focusing on what's in their control. Are they just focusing on the fun, doing fun stuff that's in their control? Or is it about everything that's in their control? Yeah, good question. I think 
for for um these people when things weren't i guess in in their control or where they started to sense things weren't in their control they took some action i think think that was the main thing mm-hmm. so it's just like this taking action and i guess we hear a lot about mindful of mindfulness these days this idea of sort of pausing and, and thinking oh you know what's going on here how might I take action perhaps I might take different action these people didn't necessarily weren't necessarily thinking in in that sort of way consciously but they appeared to to do that perhaps you know just as a, habitually what action can I take and it could be just really small action like it didn't have to be like there was one woman who just talked about she was having a bad day or just a bit frustrated she would go for a walk around the block she was able to do that in her in her job situation you know just something small like that or something um, more complex such as you know workload issues and really needing to have a conversation about that with management and needing to think about that conversation but having it yeah yeah that's the thing isn't it we all know we need to have those conversations it's the having of it isn't it interesting I wonder if people who are put fun first really want to have fun you say they're a bit subversive anyway do you think they're a bit more courageous than other people so you know because to have fun you've got to put yourself out there a bit as well and to have those difficult conversations you need to be a little bit courageous as well so do you think courage is an element of of what what was in sort of in their you know in their character or what they'd learned yeah, I don't know if I can say, but when you know, when I think about it, probably was, you know. I mean, I, ca- I can't say from a sort of research point of view that that was something that I looked at, but thinking about it, they talk a lot of the, they t- all of them actually talked about taking responsibility. They saw responsibility for their own happiness and emotions as being quite. That was something they all talked about, and so really, yeah, I guess the courage to take probably to be able to take a look at themselves and what was going on and take responsibility for what was there, you know, their bet. You know, I guess that does speak of courage and it's, it can be hard. It can be hard to take a look at what's going on and, you know, what I need to do here, what I need to change, perhaps how I need to engage differently with my colleagues, perhaps the conversation I need to have with management. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, I'm just sort of thinking, what sort of activities can you do to have fun? And, and a lot of it involves connection with other people and having a bit of a laugh and sharing stuff and being a bit vulnerable and stuff like that. That all takes courage, actually, doesn't it? Yeah, yes, it does. And it range when we, the definition of fun we used was a, a lighthearted sense of enjoyment. So there were, so that could be interpreted fairly li- liberally um, and in some ways the things that people did to to have that light-hearted sense of enjoyment weren't rocket science they were kind of the sorts of things that we might all do at times but they would be um tweaking all the time so it might be you know it might be just being really organized or it might be um delegating or going for a walk around the block or starting the day with you know meditation or whatever it might be that worked for them in that way so but it was taking those actions and I guess in a way it reflects a a really good uh, understanding of perhaps what they needed as people you know to to stay to stay well to stay healthy to to stay able to you know to do their best and and sort of continue in that in that vein so those activities that they did to have fun like you know staying in your zone of power taking small actions you know going for what really need to 
maybe starting with meditation. It's interesting. Those aren't activities that I would badge as you need to do that to have fun. But that those small things actually produce this feeling of lighthearted enjoyment. Yeah, well, I think what's happening is that they are taking action. And as you were saying before, it's that it's that zone of control. So it's it's more the taking action and it's going to be different for everybody. What's going to make you know, give them that sense of fun. But it, it's in that taking action that there is a sense of connection, I think, with who they are and also, yeah, and and being able to look after themselves so that they can then come back and do their work and do it well. So there's a sense that actually looking after themselves was a big part of them being able to enjoy their work. So we've got sort of looking after themselves, you know, taking control, having courage, taking action. Anything else that you found was sort of common to this group of people? You mentioned before the idea of flow and that the idea of flow being that when we're in a zone, we have enough interest in what we're doing. We're, we're, we're motivated, we're engaged, but we're not overwhelmed. So that was something that came through. And that's a notion that is used quite a lot in the fun at work literature as a way of identifying what individuals might do that's fun. Because often we think of fun as social. It's something that we have you know, with other people. And yes, of course we do. But in terms of individually and the jobs we might do and the tasks, I guess, that we're doing that's a concept that's used to talk about fun as individuals and so these people in my study were all kind of in that zone they talked about how they felt competent or they like to feel competent and ways they might feel competent in their work but also that liking you know growing and engaging more for example just one of the one of the people was a an engineering shop manager and you know that can be quite complex tasks at times big jobs and so he he just really planned ahead and organized himself so there was a real feeling of competence as well as challenge and he really enjoyed that that was fun for him you know these huge um, operations with trucks and so forth I get it You'll push for time and with over 200 episodes, how do you know which is going to be the one that lifts you out of the saucepan and back to thriving at work? Never fear, the You Are Not A Frog podcast quiz is here. Find out if you're a super squirrel, brilliant badger or mighty mole and I'll send you a personalised playlist with the top five episodes that will make the biggest difference to you. Discover your top of the hops top five episodes sorry and leap into your happiest thriving self again just go to youarenotafrog.com slash quiz yeah so that's interesting it's not about doing those activities that necessarily make you laugh or 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 things like that it's actually doing stuff that you enjoy doing and I, I can imagine that for someone who likes to plan spending time getting your spreadsheet sorted and actually getting a plan of what you're going to do can can be can be quite fun and I guess I have noticed that even in really long conversations where it's quite involved and there's some quite difficult stuff we've talked about you know, heavy heavy topics I can come out thinking I really enjoyed that conversation. I wouldn't describe it as, oh, I had fun in that conversation, you know, particularly if it's not life or death, but a really serious one. But there is that sense of I've enjoyed that because I was in flow, I was engaged. 
it felt like it had purpose to it. it. It felt like I was good at what I was doing there. So yes, I could say I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. I guess it's the words the terminology you use, isn't it? Can you it, can you use enjoyment and fun interchangeably or yeah. I think so. And I think actually I've started to use word, the word joy more and enjoyment more as as merging out of that because I think, yeah, there there are real they are they're kind they are interchangeable really and i i use this notion of flow and this experience that you have just described of you know you know coming out of what you know was quite a difficult conversation and feeling i guess that sense of satisfaction sense of enjoyment you know that i use that quite a lot with people i think it's really really valuable to think about what it is you as an individual what gives you that sense of fun and and also why why it gives you that sense of fun because it can be just such a key to understanding our roles and you know if we're not getting enough of those sorts of activities we will start to to move more into that either boredom or you know outside the the flow zone it, just an example, I was working with a, a clinical nurse and she uh, had four days a week. She really liked her job. And one of one of the days, it was in a different um, setting and she really didn't like it. She just couldn't work out why. And it was almost enough to overwhelm her experience of the whole week. And so just digging into what she really loved to do, and it turned out to be a lot around connection for her. And then this job one day a week was really, really quick. She had very little time for connection. And just understanding that just helped her to realize, oh, okay, this is why I, I just find this so hard. She was able to maybe just pause between patients, just take a deep breath, maybe give it an extra smile. So there was something that she could do, but really it was just not really her flow. But understanding that helped her understand, okay, this is what's going on. I know really what I want. Hmm. I do like. And how much does connection with others contribute to fun and enjoyment at work is it different for different people or is it is there always some sort of connection involved I think it's different for different people when I did this piece of research you know part of me when I interviewed these people I wondered if these people would be kind of you know laugh a minute types you know the office joker kind of but it wasn't like that I there was I would say there was one person in the sample it was it was a it was a, a, a an in-depth qualitative interview it was around I think we had eight or nine people we interviewed I, one of those people fitted that but actually most people are quite quiet sort of people <laughs> um well at least you know from my from my seem to be but yeah I mean connection was important though it wasn't they were necessarily having jokes all the time but connection was important and actually one thing that came out was an awareness of the importance of communicating and communicating well I think that was something so you know for them having fun, enjoying their job, might not be, you know, cracking jokes all the time, but it was getting on well with others. Yeah. And I guess my next question is, you know, does fun depend on other people? Because I guess that's something that is outside your zone of people, how, how other people are. Is it possible to go in and enjoy yourself and have fun, even if everyone else is miserable? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, um, it's probably uh, harder, but people talked about that. Uh, few people talked about how they would actually 
that the environment did impact and there was one woman I think she was in her she said late her late 40s and she said there were a lot of people in her workplace that were their early 20s and they were constantly moaning about how tired they were and she was like if anyone's going to be tired it's going to be me not you in your early 20s so she was sort of limit her interaction and a few people mentioned about limiting interactions with whatever they saw negative people or people who are in really negative zones people going through you know if they were going through a restructure what one of the women were talking about going you know the the department going through restructures obviously a very difficult time often you know emotions can come up can be very easy to to go to those difficult emotions to be talking about that to be to be you know complaining but you know sometimes justified but yeah she really tried to keep it light so I think it yeah I think it does have an impact where we know emotions are contagious don't we but yeah those people kind of set boundaries I guess around some of that to help them yeah I guess it's hard isn't it to just avoid any talk of negativity when people are having problems you don't want to be that person that goes okay well sorry I'm not talking to you you're bringing me down man I can't you know I don't like your vibe but there is a sense that you can just wallow in it and you know that there are some people that would just go on and on and on <clears throat> and if you spend lots of time with those those people that you will eventually start to think like that so almost it's I guess putting that boundary up and going okay I'm, I'm sorry that's difficult and if that person is not willing to then talk about other stuff or or think of some positive stuff is then you know maybe going and chatting to someone else and limiting your your exposure to that person yeah I think that's a very good point because we do need to acknowledge our difficult emotions and I think actually not doing so is one of the big things that can get us in trouble when we are when things are starting to go you know we're starting to not enjoy our work so much I think we often and I've I've had this experience we often push on maybe we like to think of ourselves as positive people or stiff upper lip or whatever it might be and um, because we don't want to be you know in that sort of complaining moaning zone we want to be positive we want to we want to maybe push through but yeah it, it it doesn't go away and we have to actually yeah we have to acknowledge that yeah and I think the difference between positive and negative people is not that the positive people don't acknowledge the issues they 100% acknowledge the issues but then they're forward thinking that they stay in their zone of power they go yeah this is really tough and this is tough and this is the issues I've seen and this is what I'm going to do differently and this is you know this is what this is the action we're going to take this is what we're going to do next rather than just saying everything is awful it's never going to get any better I'm going to go down to the bottom of the garden and eat worms because that's the only option I've got now, those are the people that really bring you down the people, yeah. and, and they often, they're blaming everybody else. The people that I think, yes, are, are the less, that don't bring you down as much, that actually can make you feel very positive when things are, things are difficult, are the people that, yeah, this is really difficult and I'm feeling it as well. This is how I think I'm going to try and make it better or this is what I'm going to do to try and survive it or, or do this, that and the other. That's right, and this in the research as I said, these people, um, they did take action. So there was an acknowledgement so that it wasn't just, oh, like a kind of glossing over. Everything's wonderful. My life's, you know, wonderful. I, I, I never experienced difficult emotions. It was very much, oh, if something's not going so right, I'll actually do something to change or shift that. So there was very much an acknowledgement. Yeah, which is interesting, whereas I think, you know, somehow perhaps they, you know, quite tuned in to how they were feeling and, and when they needed to change. 
Yeah. So it sounds like the, the people that were experiencing fun and enjoying themselves actually were probably quite successful in doing pretty well because they were staying in their zone of power, they were taking action, they were changing things they needed to change. Did they, did they seem to have careers that they were sort of happy with, that they were moving forward in, that they were successful in? Yes, and I would say that generally they had had situations where they had been able to train to study post-school in something that they were interested in. And they had the, the skills and ability and opportunities to, to, to choose within, within a certain you know, ca capacity what they wanted to do. And so, yeah, and, and, and also the people that I talked to, some people were self-employed, but those who weren't were in, working in pretty good workplaces with pretty good conditions. So they had a lot of things going for them in terms of, you know, the research that backs up the things that help us to enjoy our work, both from what we might become equipped with, but also the organisation. But that said, they also, they also were very aware that they had colleagues in very similar situations, similar backgrounds, same job, that were often not that happy, whereas they were generally happy and having fun. And it was that because they had then, if they found they were in a workplace environment, that they would ju just suck the life out of them. They'd say, right, well, that's it. I'm going to go work somewhere else. Well, it, it, it didn't seem to be the case. I mean, people did move on. I think there was one situation where someone was working in a situation where there was a lot of bullying and they decided to move out of that situation. I suppose in that case, I mean, you know, they, they didn't see an alternative. It was more of a a reaction to the, the environment but generally they seem to be if people moved on there was kind of a proactive reason why that why they might move on one of the people there she admitted that she was not in a role that ideally choose she was actually cleaning houses rich people's houses but she got to live in a really beautiful part of the country and that was one of the reasons that she had chosen to do that. I think that that point about that lady cleaning the houses, she was, wasn't doing a job that she necessarily really wanted to do, but she was using this power language of, I choose to do this so that I can live in this part of the country etc etc so not feeling like I have to do this but I've I've chosen to do this and there's a reason why I'm doing this so I'm going to make make the most of, of what I'm doing and I think one of the reasons having worked a lot of you know doctors and, and other healthcare professionals recently is this thinking I have to do this I'm utterly trapped I have no choice and if you change the language to well, I'm choosing to do this job for six months so that I can do my move on to the next one or I'm choosing to do this I'm choosing to work really hard right now so that we can blah that's a different mindset and it seems to it seems to change things quite a lot I think you're right and I've talked a couple of times about the sense of stuckness and when we are feeling really miserable and we you know maybe we we think we we have no options. We have no choice. And, and I say, I've been in that, in that situation myself and feeling like I had no options. I had to stay in this job or I needed the money or whatever it might be. But we, it, it, is a, it is a mindset. And so being able to really, really kind of yeah, explore that and explore our, the range of possibilities that are open to us. And it does start with being able to acknowledge the challenges we're having, I think. Mm -hmm. And often we're a bit 
scared perhaps to go there to think about those uh, emotions that we might be having because maybe we think oh we have to make this huge change I'm going to have to leave my profession I'm going to have to leave this job but actually uh, what I found with people is sometimes it's actually it's not as a big a deal as they think because when they actually acknowledge that emotion then they're able to go oh you know learn from it and go oh this is what I need to do I need to change this and this and you know we can often you know just do that within our current situation and, and make quite a big shift. Yeah, I think that's right. We, we often think it's all or nothing. I'm completely stuck here. I have to do this job. And the only option is to leave and do something different. And I guess that's what this podcast is, is all about. It's actually what small things can you do? Because often doing lots of small things does make quite a big a big change. It just might be cutting out that tiny little thing or connecting with that person or just tweaking what you're doing outside of work, changing a bit of mindset stuff, getting some habits in there. Lots and lots of different things that add up to actually a complete transformation even if you're still in the same place that you were in in the first place and I think you know currently in the UK and I'm sure all over the world you know people in healthcare are just feeling completely overwhelmed at the moment is it possible to have fun when you have that feeling of being overwhelmed it's not a nice feeling being overwhelmed I don't want to minimize that at all and I know people have just been working so hard and it's been so yeah so difficult I, I think it does come back to what we're talking about isn't it it's finding ways to just pull back a little bit and find some control you know take some action and it, yeah, it, it can enhance our experience of work and I think the thing is too once we're able to do take some small actions that can kind of put us in a little bit of a better place to feel a like we can think a little bit more clear about our situation and then you know are there you know are there some bigger actions we might want to take you know how can we think about the situation and and yeah just to other than feeling completely over over overwhelmed so it's okay you know it's actually just taking little actions as you were saying is actually really powerful in that sense of giving us a little bit more of an opportunity to then be able to make those bigger decisions potentially we're very nearly out of time, but I just wanted to ask you, was there anything else that you found in these people that that was a, a common theme running through the people that experienced fun at work? Well, there was quite a few things, but one of the things was the people who had more fun it's something about the goals the goals that they said they all wanted to have fun. It was all the goal they were working towards or enjoyment or aspirations in that direction. Whereas research has shown that people whose goals are a little bit more around avoiding stuff like, oh, you know, I better get that job done or my boss is going to be upset with me, don't have so much enjoyment. So focusing on those goals of, you know, that what you, not just avoiding so that you're, you're less miserable, but actually aiming for what you want I suppose you know where am I what do I want to do you know well how do I want to feel how do I want to be and how can I get there yeah having one of those goals of actually happiness at work or an enjoyment at, at, at work even though it you know I guess lots of us think oh that's far too frivolous I can't have that as a goal but actually <laughs> if you did can you think of all those different things you would do and change and and tweak to have that and I love that yeah if it is just to avoid feeling stressed and burnt out well, that's not particularly inspirational but actually is my goal is to to enjoy my work today what things can I put in there that will help me enjoy it what things can I chop out that will also help me in, enjoy it 
and it's going to be different for everybody. So taking a look at what, what's not working for you now, how would you want it to be if it was ideal? What would that look like to you? And you know, what can you specifically, what steps can you specifically take? Little, little, there might be little things or yeah. Mm. different for everybody mm. yeah I love that because actually fun is one of my core values and I feel a bit silly saying that sometimes <laughs> you know it's not particularly I don't feel it's a particularly lofty core value but actually for me it's really really important and I'm gonna I'm gonna put that into practice actually having that as one of my goals for every day do something fun that's great Good on you, Rachel. <laughs> Makes me sound very shallow, doesn't it? I think it's just the word fun, though, isn't it? It's a, a joy. I think if you change it to joy, that sounds a little bit more uh, lofty and worthy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any, anything else? I mean, Catherine, in a minute, I'm going to ask you for your top three tips for happiness at work, because I know, you know happiness at work, there's all, all sorts of other stuff as well. And, you know, when you coach people, what are you particularly finding that people are going away and and changing about about what they're doing is there any sort of common themes that you find people are really successful with I think one of the big one of the big things is that people are able to identify what their particular I guess values are so when they're feeling unhappy they you know we really look at that and you know what's going on for them and how do they really want to be so we talked about that kind of aspirational goal how do you really want to be and that that's not pie in the sky that you know if that was real what might you do and so often it's kind of a light bulb for people because they're like oh okay is it okay for me to is to have that you know and it's because when we're unhappy, often it's, it's something about our own values are being compromised, I guess, when we have a difficult emotions. So what? So it's a clue to what people's values actually are. And so, yeah, really being able to focus on what's important. And it can be in work or it can be, you know, even outside work. So really identifying, you know, values really is, is something that emerges for me. And then we look at, well, what actions might you take to make, you know, to put that into place? And it can be, you know, a whole range of things ranging from assumptions that they're holding about what may or may not be possible in their workplace, their situation, boundaries, communications, facing fears, really acknowledging their emotions and, and thoughts and, and being able to to, to learn from them and process them positively. So a whole bunch of things, but it really starts from their values and what's important to them. And then shaping their job, I guess, into, in a way, as close as possible to their ideal scenario every day, making those small changes. And I know you and I have talked about doing what you love, you know, actually trying to do more activities in your job that you, you're good at and you're using your strengths for and you really enjoy. And it may well be different, like you said, for different different people I've often beat, beat myself up because some people just love doing this particular aspect of the job and I'm going mm, I don't really enjoy that what's that about but I love doing this 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 bit of the job and I go oh my gosh Rachel I hate doing that so yeah it's very individual oh, it's totally it? different it's very individual so mm. yeah it's totally fine you know yeah. I I you know my my colleague love spreadsheets you know that makes them I don't know it's fun for me it's like my worst nightmare yeah and I love talking in front of people so get me up in front of an audience the bigger the better I'm loving it and other people are like oh my gosh Rachel that's like my idea of a complete nightmare but then there's other things that they're doing exactly. I think, wow, you're amazing to be able to do that so you know it's 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 different isn't it so we really need it and what are your three three top tips Catherine 
three top tips well I think I'd encourage people to you know to stop and pause and maybe not um, do what we you know, is there something else we might do than what we might normally do um, to make it more fun more enjoyable that'd be my first one um, secondly stay hopeful um, these people I interviewed they were they're very hopeful there was always something that they could do to improve a work situation a situation that was stressful that was impacting their work enjoyment there's always something even if it's really small and that little step can lead to, to a greater sense of control and potentially other decisions that may be even more beneficial and thirdly yeah it relates a little bit to what we were just talking about doing something you love to do every day and you know some days it doesn't seem that easy but even if it's five ten minutes of something that you love it can really settle you it settles your spirit it connects you with who you are it you know gives you that sense of competence really really powerful and can help to feed into other things that you have to do that you have to do <laughs> that day so yeah the those will be my top three, Rachel. Fantastic. I love that. And I think the whole hopeful thing is we always have a choice. There is always something else that we can do. And that, that is just fantastic. But when we're overwhelmed, we're busy, sometimes it's really hard to see that. And so I think talking to other people can be really helpful as well. And just, just chatting this through. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's very powerful too. Yeah. So Catherine, if people wanted to find out more about you, more about your work, how could they, how could they do that? So they can check out my website. So that's www.happinessatworkcoach.com. Happinessatworkcoach.com. Yep, fairly simple. And if, if they like, I have a free PDF there where it helps the three simple steps to enjoying any job. So a little bit more about what I do. And yeah, feel free to download that. I'd love to, love to share and that with you. Fantastic. So we'll put that link in the show notes so they can contact you through the website, presumably. Yep, that would be great. Fantastic. Well, thank you so it's much for spending cool. the time to, to share this with the listeners. Really interesting conversation. And yeah, I think we'll have to have you back um, another time and talk a little bit more about happiness at work. I think it, it's it's just such an important thing and help is so powerful for beating stress and burnout and all those sorts of things. So thank you very much and, and, and good night, even though it's good morning <laughs> where I am. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks, Catherine. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please share it with your friends and colleagues. Please subscribe to my You Are Not A Frog email list and subscribe to the podcast. And if you have enjoyed it, then please leave me a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. So keep well, everyone. You're doing a great job. You got this.